0: Let's look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Anybody know what Acts chapter 2 is about? (laughs) It's all about this. We are the Acts chapter 2 crew. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now anybody know what the day of Pentecost is? Uh, Well without going into details about all the Jewish days and so forth. It was you can see in the word there Pentecost. It was basically 50 days after the Passover. Okay remember that's when Jesus took the Passover and then he was arrested and then crucified for us and then was raised from the dead 50 days later, all right? Pentecost had fully come. They were, now they as all those it listed in the first chapter, and we find out there's 120 of them, okay? They were with one accord in one place. How I many know that's a good thing? <laughs> in other words, they weren't fighting. <laughs> they weren't fussing. They weren't disagreeing. They were all about the same thing. And whenever you can get a group of people that are all about the same thing, watch out, world. Uh, There's so much power in, uh, in, in unity when people come together. Even in Scripture, you see that people can be very powerful even if the God's not on their side, if they're unified. Yeah. But, of course, you know, how much more? Well, we've got the Spirit of God and His purpose, His desires, and we're seeking His kingdom. Verse 2 uh, this, is, this is one of those things that happens when people come together and they get uh, in one accord, in one place praise God just a side note, it is important to be in one place it really is, I mean nowadays uh, uh, and I mean one physical location I mean we can be in unity in the body of Christ around the world and I believe there is a spiritual unity uh, already in the body of Christ all around the world. It's a spiritual unity. We are one in Him. All right? However, being uh, in one accord but in one place is also necessary. One of the reasons I say that, I didn't plan to say it, but we live in a, the, the you know, information age, we, the age of the Internet and so forth, and you can get a lot by yourself. Right? And, uh, and we are even working towards uh, streaming our services as well, so people around the world can watch us live, okay? However, uh, those of us who are mature, we should recognize the value of this as well. Not to say that there's not value in those things. We wouldn't do it. We wouldn't even consider it if there wasn't value. There is. But there's also tremendous value in one place, all right? So never let it, never let it leave your uh, the, a part of your spiritual life and your walk with God, that you not only have things alone, but you also have things together. And we come together and do the same thing. Praise God. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds from heaven. And this one sounded like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, if you read on a little bit later, you find out the sound ex- uh, went beyond the house that they were in. People outside heard the sound too. What in the world is that sound? <laughs> and you'll find that this is the case often when people are involved in a move of the Spirit of God. It's not only for their benefit, but it is for the benefit of those on the outside so it will get their attention and then they will come and find out. We understand how God works in this way. I think. Uh, One of the reasons why there are um, miraculous things or healings and and demonstrations of God's power is not only the mercy and grace of God for the individual who benefits from uh, a healing or something of that nature, but also, everybody say also, also for the attention that it draws to that place. All right. I know sometimes people have been concerned that, that you know, when there are, uh, quote, you know, as the Bible calls them, signs and wonders and so forth that operate through an individual, a person, uh, which is the way those things work, by the way. <laughs> when they operate through an individual, people say, well, that's not so good because then attention is drawn to man. Attention is drawn to the human vessel that, that God uses, and we should avoid that. No, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't avoid that at all. I, I, I don't have any problem, any problem at all, when God flows through me if attention is drawn to me. Do you know why? I, in fact, I want it. Desire it. Now, I'm setting you up here. I think, man, you are full of yourself, dude. No, no, I want it because when they look at me, I will tell them who did it. When they look at you, if the attention is drawn to you, say, praise God, I've got a crowd now. They're all looking at me. Now I can tell them what really happened. Because how many know faith doesn't come by seeing and seeing by healings and miracles? Bible says faith comes by Hearing and by hearing the word of God. Well, how are people going to hear? Well, they've got to be in the vicinity of those who are speaking. And the reality is the vast majority of our world is not listening. They're not. And God has a word for them. He has a message for them. He has something to say that will alter their existence and change them in many ways. So what needs to happen is believers need some activity. (laughs) <laughs> some, some God-level stuff flowing out of them so that people will go, what's going on? Come on. Yeah, come on? What's going on over there? I heard about stuff. Heard about stuff. Heard about healings taking place there. Heard about things happening. What's, what's going on? Yeah. Then we have an opportunity to share. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Anyway, they had this cool thing. Sound from heaven rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then... There appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and sat on each one of them. So they're seeing things or uh, hearing things. Uh, and then verse 4, and they were all, everybody say all, all, filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right. So this is called, again, the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit of God, uh, all 120 people in the upper room where they heard the sound, they saw the fire, they were filled with the Spirit of God, they spoke in other tongues. Tongues means languages, as most of you know. They spoke in other languages unknown to themselves, and, uh, and, and quite a good thing. All right. But when you think, think about the language, they were all, what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. That implies that the moment before, they were not filled with, with the Holy Spirit. Right? If they were already full, then the scripture wouldn't say that they were filled. So they were not filled and they became filled. Now let me ask you this did this 120 believe in Jesus? Already. Yeah, they did. They already believed and many of them, you know, Jesus even appeared to them. All right? And After his resurrection. So they already had faith in Jesus as the Savior, as the resurrected one. And so faith in what Jesus did on the cross produces salvation, means eternal life, means they're all heaven bound. But were they filled with the Spirit? No. They were waiting for that. And then it came. And they became filled. Now, hold your place right there for a moment. And look at Acts chapter 19. Acts 19. And verse 1. And it happened as Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. Traveling, came to a city called Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, why would you even ask a question like that? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? You would not ask a question like that unless it were possible to believe, to believe in Jesus and not receive the Holy Spirit, right? Someone said, well, I think that when someone gets saved... They get everything they get right there. All of the Holy Spirit, everything happens right there when they're born again. Well, you knew more than Paul did. I think you ought to write a couple New Testament books. Because <laughs> he, apparently he didn't know that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have ever asked that kind of question. Everybody with me? And so Paul recognized that there's a possibility for a person to be a believer but not receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, And that was very odd in those days because there wasn't yet, you know, different groups and everything. And some said that was just for back then. Well, because they were the back then. You know, (laughs) that was for a long time ago. It's like, no, that just happened. (laughs) This just came. So there weren't that kind of group. But he recognized that there was a possibility of that happening. Also, you could read over in the book of Acts again. A lot of this comes from Acts uh, chapter 8. And, and the Bible says that when Philip went down to the city of Samaria, he preached Christ unto them. You know, Philip is the only named New Testament evangelist, all right? And uh, he had four daughters. Acts 21 says he had four virgin daughters. That means they're unmarried. That used to mean the same thing, you know, virgin and, and unmarried. Uh, and uh, four virgin daughters that prophesied. All right, and so Philip, he was an evangelist. He had four unmarried virgin daughters, and they, 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 were, they were prophesying. How many know uh, uh, single women ought to prophesy? I'm just getting that from the Word. They did. And uh, anyway... Uh, In Acts chapter 8, he preached Christ to the people in Samaria. There were great miracles, and all these kind of things happened, and there was great joy in that city. They rejoiced, and they were saved. They got baptized in water as a result. And then after all that was done, they're born again by the Word. Uh, They got baptized in water. Then, you know what the Scripture says? Is they sent for Peter and John that they would come down and minister to them so they might receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, they were saved on their way to heaven, been baptized in water, but they weren't yet filled with the Spirit. And he said, you you guys got to have some of this. This is necessary. This is not something we do without. Everybody okay? And so, in Acts chapter 2, go back there. Let's kind of be where, where we started. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So again, if a person then becomes filled... That indicates that prior to that, they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. How I many know you can be filled with other things? <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's stated of certain individuals, no one here, of course, that they are full of it. <laughs> what, is that, what does that usually mean? They're not telling the truth. You know, they're lying. They're <laughs> Right. <laughs> what what are you full of? <laughs> you know, because a person can be full of the spirit, but really, really, when you think about it, they can be full of something else. And, and let me just say, let me just throw this out. And I, I realize many of you are aware of this, but it's a biblical truth, so we, we can be reminded. Uh, spirit filled believers, quote, spirit filled those had, who had received the Holy Spirit are told in Scripture. All of us are told to be filled. In other words, being filled is not a one time only experience. So so someone said, I'm a spirit filled believer. Woo! Maybe. Hmm. (laughs) I mean, if we followed you around, we'd be able to better identify what you were really full of. (laughs) Right? Because when someone's full of the Spirit, there are accompanying evidences of that. I mean, if you're. If a person is angry half the time, mad at everyone, not full of the Spirit. Know what I'm talking about? If a person spends all their time uh, uh, watching television, not full of the Spirit. Can't be. I got real quiet on that. I have a TV too, I'm not condemning you. I watch somebody. I'm saying if a person spend all whatever they spend all their time doing, that's what they become full of. And really, what happens ultimately? Scripture says Jesus said, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." So these things come out. You know, it's sometimes like uh, like um, parents who've got some personal problems, and I, I understand all of us are on a journey. Uh, parents who've got some personal problems, they want they want to hide those things. So their kids don't see and know what's really going on. Because they think, I don't want my kids to end up, you know, dealing with this same thing that I'm dealing with. So I'm going to keep it secret from them. No, you're not. Not if they live with you. (laughs) What's in you will be in them. Hmm? The only way to keep it out of them is to get it out of you. It really puts... Uh, victory as not only something that we should desire, but it really becomes something that we must take a stand and say, absolutely, I will have victory in my life. I will overcome the things that I struggle with. Praise God. And you're not alone. There is help. He is, he is our helper. He is our strength. But one of the ways, one of the key ways that we overcome things in life, of course, Bought and paid for by Jesus. The blood of Jesus gives us victory. But then it it is the displacement, if you will, of the bad with the good. It's the displacement of things we don't want in our lives with the infilling of the Spirit. In other words, if you've got a certain substance, you've got, uh, uh, you know, a glass of chocolate milk... And if you took, you took that glass of chocolate milk and started pouring regular white milk in it, how I many know if you keep pouring, you know, let it run over and so forth, you keep pouring, keep pouring, eventually no more chocolate milk because you've, you've pushed that out by the abundance of the white milk, right? If there are things in your life that you don't want to be there, there can be a, a presence and an inflow of the Spirit of God continually to such a degree, till, till the other stuff is gone. I don't know if you ever find this, um, uh, that sometimes after a, a real good time of prayer, time of worship with the Lord, sometimes after one of these services, there's times when I go home after a Wednesday service, you know, and someone's got the TV on or something, I just don't, you know, I just don't want to even look at it. Not that it's so just, you know, not talking about watching some horrible thing, But it's just at that moment, because there's other times I will watch, and and I feel fine, but it depends how full of the Spirit I am, I guess. (laughs) But there's times I'm so full of God, so filled up, so saturated, that I really don't want to look at anything else. And it's kind of this, I've shared this in in, in times past, um, it's the thrill of the fill. Whatever you're filled with, you're thrilled with. Right, And so if you're full of the wrong thing, that's where you get your thrills. You desire more of it. But if you're full of the right thing, there is an automatic leaning towards I want more of that. Yeah. I mean, good or bad. I, you know, I've shared this before um, as well, but I know times when I've gone on uh, trips where on that trip I ate too much and liked it, you know, <laughs> enjoyed it. When I get back, my body wants to continue eating too much. It's like I got filled with good stuff, (laughs) good tasting food. Uh, But then I'm not talking right after when you're still full, but it's like now I want to continue eating that way or, you know, eating lots of desserts or something like that. I want to, my body wants to continue eating that way. I have to retrain it again. It's like, nope, nope, that's not the way we live. We do that on occasion. But it's like whatever you put in you in abundance, it's, it's really good. It's a really good system because you start craving and desiring that very thing more. So really, this works out really well for a person who desires and wants to live full of the Spirit. Because you want the Spirit of God to fill you, you get filled, and then that creates inside of you a greater desire for more. Amen, amen. Say, so I want some really bad stuff. I know it's, that's where you've got to have that displacement, though. You can have that. You can have it. How many people have said, I, I bet we could, you know, by show of hands, how many used to, used to do things, have certain things a part of your life, certain activities you would be involved. I'm talking about on a, uh, primarily on a sinful level, anti-righteousness. You used to do things. Now you don't do them, and you don't want to do them. How many would lift your hand and say say that's the case? Yeah. What what happened there? I mean, in other words, it's not like every day, oh, I'm struggling. Oh, I really want to do that. No, literally something happened in us. It got displaced, and we honestly don't want to do that. And people in the world think, why don't you do this anymore? Oh, you're just really disciplined. Well, like to say that I am, but actually, you know, I really just don't want to. I just don't want to go there anymore. I just don't have a desire to do that. I do crazy stuff, like go to church midweek. <laughs> I mean, who, who ever thought of that? I imagine some of you pro- probably have people that know you and think, why would you go to church? It's not even Sunday. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you know, do they make you go? No, I just want to really? What what happened to you? (laughs) Well, something came in. Something else went out. Now you act different and it's better. Anyway, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. And a lot of other stuff happened there. A lot of people were in town, (laughs) different parts of the world. They heard them speaking in their own language and you know, declaring the, works, the wonderful works of God. They were amazed, and they said, what's going on here? And verse 13, some of them mocked. They said, these guys are full of new wine. In other words, they're, 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 they're drunk in, the, in early in the day. And how many know, uh, when, when you get involved with the things of God, there will always be mockers? Yeah, if you've never been mocked, might want to fill up. Gage might be hitting E. <laughs> if no one has ever said anything about you, it might want to fill up because sometimes you'll do things that people in the world just won't understand. And they will come against those who are really living for God and they're full of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I don't, want to, I don't want to be mocked. I don't have any personal desire for anyone to dislike me or make fun of me or anything else. But again and again in Scripture, we find that those who are really doing the things of God, some love it and some hate it. You know, Paul would go one place and there'd be a revival. He'd go another place and there'd be a riot. You know, Jesus had those who would follow him and, you know, and adore him and follow him out in the wilderness without food. (laughs) In the middle of the desert to hear his teaching and receive from him. And others tried to throw him off a cliff. huh? And others eventually put him on a cross. Right? And so we can't judge whether we're doing the right thing by whether everyone likes us or not. Uh, Hallelujah. But anyway, he goes on to say in verse um, 14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, Let it be known to you, and heed my words. Uh, For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. He's talking about how the Spirit of God and the outpouring of the Spirit is not limited to a certain gender, certain age, a certain class, a certain race, or anything like that. It's just about all flesh. The Spirit of God is made available to everyone. Joel prophesied it would happen. It happened. Peter said, "This is what Joel said. You guys know Joel, the prophet. He said this was happening. This would happen, and here it is. But I think it's interesting to see some of the characteristics. Not only do we know from verse 4 that, uh, that they were all filled and they spoke with other tongues. It was a, uh, that part of being filled with the Spirit is giving voice to and having supernatural, if you will, spiritual utterance from heaven that will allow a person to speak in languages unknown to them. But also you can see some of these characteristics that, that, that people would prophesy prophesy now, to prophesy is to speak by inspiration it means to speak for another okay uh prophecy is uh one of the things that we, we were in acts chapter 19 we didn't read the whole thing he just said you know have you received the holy spirit since you believed when paul ended up laying hands on them bible says they were filled with the holy spirit they spoke with tongues and prophesied and prophesied. In other words, one one of the things that happens when a person is filled with the Spirit is they not only are enabled to speak in a tongue unknown to them, or sp- speak with inspired utterance in an unknown tongue, they are also able to speak with inspired utterance in a known tongue. So prophecy would be in whatever language you speak. English for us, right? It, it, it would be inspired utterance. Why? What would enable a person to do that? Be in spirit filled. Amen. Say, so you saying I could prophesy? Absolutely, absolutely. I know those. There are those who are more given to that, as far as gifted in a public environment to do that. At the same time, though, if we took time to go through scriptures, we could show you that every one of us can operate in in those type of spiritual activities on a personal level, on a private level, even in worship and song and so forth, that all of us can and should prophesy. Say, why do some not? Well, they're not filled. Okay, I'll go on. Uh, (laughs) Or yield it. But, but look at this. This is interesting as well. Uh, I already read it, but go back again. It's in verse 17, the last half. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Okay, and of course, those things are not, not limited. He's basically making the point about all flesh. Young, old men, women, maidservants, hands, uh, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. It, it, one, of the thing, one of the characteristics is visions, dreams, prophecies, These type of things happen with who? Those who are filled with the Spirit. What would be the issue if there were a group of believers and there weren't any visions? There weren't any dreams? I'm talking about spiritual dreams and visions from the Lord. And no prophecies and stuff. I mean, I think I I wouldn't be able to define that group and say, that's an Acts chapter 2 group. That's a a Day of Pentecost type of group. I wouldn't be able to define that group and say, yeah, oh, they're spirit-filled. Even if their doctrine, their statement of faith said, we believe in the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit even if it said that, but if I got around that group and there were no visions and dreams and prophecies, I would have to wonder, what are they filled with? Is this hard? If it's challenging, good. Good. Because I challenge myself in, this way, in these ways as, as well. If I've had a drought of spiritual revelation, see, when Peter got up, you can see this in this context, even though it doesn't say it specifically. When Peter got up, and he responded to those who were looking on and wondering, and some who were mocking, he got up. Think about who this is. Peter starts saying, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is Peter. Now, don't think Peter, got two books in the New Testament. He didn't have that yet. This is Peter, stick my foot in my mouth, Peter. This is Peter denying the Lord a few days before. This is Peter, yeah, he flowed in Revelation before, knew that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, and then yielded to the devil a couple verses later, and said, told Jesus he wouldn't go to the cross. (laughs) So this is Peter, he's not exactly Mr. Insight and bold and and, and taking that place, but everything's different now. Why is it different? Because he's filled. You take a person who stumbles, you take a person who makes a lot of mistakes, who doesn't have a lot of revelation, spiritual insight, he's just not that, that solid and that strong, but you get that person filled with the Spirit, and they become like a new person. They are enabled now to do what they weren't able to do before. How many people have testified, I've heard this so many times, that when I got filled with the Spirit the word of God came alive to me. All of a sudden, I saw things that I just didn't see in there before. And it was living. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. They became alive to them. See, these are all characteristics of a person receiving and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about this, this stuff, uh, again, Do all believers need to receive it? Absolutely. Do all believers need to continually be filled with the Spirit? Oh, it's so necessary. It's so necessary for all of us to be filled with the Spirit again and again and again and again and live as if, conduct yourself as if you live in an outpouring. How many know the Lord never took the Holy Spirit back? Acts chapter 3, he didn't say, whoop, come on back. We'll catch him again at the very end of the age. No. The Spirit of God is available. He's not, he's not leaving. He's ever-present all the time. But think about how an individual's life will change when they have a greater manifestation of. A greater uh, manifestation of the Spirit of God in their personal life. Think about the individual who struggles continually within their relationships and they're at odds with people and they fuss and fight and can't get along and they're always <clears throat> or someone who's always uptight think about how that influences that big time i mean the spirit the spirit filled uh, you know experience on an ongoing basis will fix a marriage it will It'll fix a lot of health problems that are, that are there as a result of, of, of stress and worry and, and fear and those type of things. Because in the, in the presence of the fullness of the Spirit, there is peace. Amen. And not only that, these are, just kind of, these are all like kind of perks. Because the main thing that when the Lord talked to him about this, he said uh, in chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, you'll receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon me. Greek word is dunamis. Power, dunamis, dynamite, bam! It's miracle power. He said, you're going to receive, bam! (laughs) That's loose translation there. (laughs) When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. He said, you'll represent me. You'll go into all the world and you'll do so with my might. With my glorious power in you. And it'll flow through you. That word was enough to keep them all hanging out for 50 days. Hanging out in the upper room with 120 people. I mean, what's going to make you do that? <laughs> and they got rewarded. And so did the world. Praise God. Amen. And so here's my, my desire. I had this stern in my heart today that we would talk, talk about this and just share a few things uh, about being filled with the Spirit. But that we would, as, as quote, spirit-filled believers, we would seek the Lord continually and even again now for an infilling, for refreshing of His His presence and power. And for those who have never received this. You're saved, though, born again. Uh, If you're not, you can have that, too. Most important, but for those who've never received this, uh, you can be filled with the Spirit tonight. You can speak in tongues, prophesy, see visions, have dreams. Let the Spirit of God. Because there's a great emphasis in our day, the New Testament, after Jesus was raised from the dead, not prior to. In in this time, that uh, of the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, he always points to Jesus, but the Bible tells us he reveals things. He even shows people things to come. He speaks. In the book of Acts, we see it as a constant kind of language that people would use. They'd say, the Spirit said this. The Holy Spirit said this. And they were used to that because now they had a presence in them, the presence of the Spirit of God, and they all heard him talking. And he would tell them things, tell them what to do and warn them, don't go here and not here. And sometimes it would come in vision form and sometimes it would come in dream form. And, and, but the Spirit of God was always talking to them. That's normal for, what, for, for the day in which we live. And for a Spirit-filled believer, that's just a normal part of the lot, part of life. But if we live full of everything else, those things are distant and dull. Does that make sense? Amen. You'll notice that the book of Acts never has an amen at the end, or a the end. Do you know why? If you go out to the end of the end of the book, I think it's, what, 28 chapters? Uh, it doesn't really end. The beginning of the book says, uh, you know, Luke wrote this to Theophilus, that of all that Jesus began, both to do and teach. So, this is what Jesus began. It continues on now through the book of Acts, but it never ends. It's because we're still in it the acts of the Spirit of God through the church praise God amen well God is good